Welcome to Nancy Wilson's Femina Podcast, presented by Canon Press. Welcome to the Femina Podcast. This is Nancy Wilson. Thanks for joining me today. Today's podcast is going to be on being Christian women, feminine women, who think with a worldview. And the verse I want to use to anchor today's podcast is Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. All right. We are called, sisters, <laughs> to present our bodies to God, and our bodies are to be holy. And the unbelieving world all around us, as you know, are using their own bodies for many unholy, unacceptable, and unreasonable things. And they want to push us and bully us into doing the same unspeakable things with our bodies. But the temptations always start small, out on the fringes, trying to get us to think that it's not all that bad, that the Bible has no verse prohibiting whatever it is. But we have to remember, we are God's people. He wants us to imitate him, not the world. Our bodies are living sacrifices to God, so we're to use them with an entirely different perspective and calling than the world does with theirs. We present our bodies to God, not to the world. Meanwhile, the world is trying to press us into its mold, and so we must be, when it comes to the world, nonconformist. That's how we prove what is the good and perfect will of God. In our day, there is a full-scale war against femininity. You know this. You see this all the time. So it is no time for Christian women to just drift along. We have to be engaged. We have to be paying attention. We have to be thinking like Christians with a renewed mind so we can see exactly what it is the world's trying to push on us and when and where it's happening. The world's agenda for women is at war with God's calling for women. And Christian women are always going to be tempted to conform to the world in lots and lots of ways. We're too quick sometimes to pick up the latest worldly trends thoughtlessly and just jump in without considering, is this just conforming to the world? Is this holy and acceptable to God? Will this be using my body to serve God in a holy and acceptable way? And these are good questions to ask if we're thinking like Christian women ought to be thinking. Cultural trends have short attention spans, and I've watched a bunch of them drift in and drift out. And sometimes they affect a lot of the Christian women, and sometimes they don't. But we always need to be on guard. And today, there are far more dangerous things afoot. And so we have to be very careful about the kind of thoughtlessness that leaves just too many doors unlocked and all in a very bad neighborhood. So one of those new moves is this full court, just a real open agenda to destroy biblical femininity in every way and replace it with either a gender-neutral society or a raunchy femininity. And so what is femininity anyway? Well, in a simple, a really simple answer is it's a combination of both sexuality and reticence. 
That's what modesty is, a reticence to entice, knowing you are a sexual being while guarding it closely until the proper time. And the proper time is what God designed marriage for. Song of Songs describes the bride as a garden. But the garden is not a public garden open to all comers. It's a walled garden and opens only for the bridegroom. He has the key and no one else. That is the glory of Christian marriage. So in this short time we have, I'm just going to look at a couple of the inroads, maybe two or three, that the world has made in attacking biblical femininity. The first, let's consider weddings, especially because spring is coming, right? But a wedding is a tremendous worldview opportunity in every way. And so we have to be on guard. Of course, the world wants to co-opt the sweet Christian woman by presenting her with so many worldly temptations when it comes to wedding. Does she want to present her body as holy, proving what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Or does she want to follow the cultural trend of wearing the wedding dress that looks more like a cocktail dress or a piece of lingerie than the traditional modest wedding dress that used to? Well, it still does. Of course, there are many lovely wedding dresses, and they symbolize they're white because they symbolize purity and chastity. But by her choice of wedding gown, Christian woman can make a statement to the world about the meaning and purpose of Christian marriage. But the world makes it very hard. The world is urging the bride to choose a wedding dress that will make her look hot or raunchy. There are racks of them that are sheer, backless, sideless, braless, skin tight. And her Christian sisters may be cheering her on. It's like, you look amazing. But she should ask instead, is this acceptable to God? Is it holy? My husband has joked, do you want to look like the new Jerusalem? Or like the whore of Babylon. (laughs) Okay, the scripture teaches women to be modest and chaste, and the world wants femininity to be more about exposure than about modesty. And when women display their sexuality at the cost of their reticence, at the cost of their modesty, what happens? But we, we lose respect for them. And this is seen also in how we sometimes handle childbirth today. Once this was a very private, womanly affair. But now the cameras are rolling, and the whole Facebook crowd is treated to pictures of Mama half-undressed, holding her freshly-born baby. But why, I ask, why? Why invite the public into the garden of our most private moments? This is breaking down barriers that make us too casual about really momentous occasions. And it cheapens those tender family moments and turn them into opportunities for publicity. And we lose our respect for the women who show us too much. And we respect those women who guard their privacy and treasure their modesty. Just one more example that I've noticed. I hope we'll get you thinking about these categories more. That would be great. For generations, women have been taught from an early age that to be ladylike, one of the ways to be ladylike is to sit with your knees together, particularly when you're in a skirt, never with your legs spread wide open. But if you look at some of the clothing catalogs for women's clothes today, many of the models are sitting with their legs spread wide apart. And this is like unnatural. This is sitting like men. And you know this is an open attack on purity and femininity. It's very subtle. 
It's not a big headline across the page announcing what they're doing, but it's sending a very clear message, an intentional move to teach women to dispense with the old ways of Christian modesty. It brings to mind, if you've read That Hideous Strength, Fairy Hardcastle. She's the lesbian cop, one of the bad guys in the story. And there's one scene in particular, I remember she's sitting with her legs wide apart. She's chewing on her cheroot, her little cigar. And Lewis is drawing a picture of how disgusting it is when women reject their femininity and they try to act like men. Women have always been quick to follow and easy to lead. And so in all these examples, I just encourage you to think worldviewishly. What is the world telling us about women? Is it true? Are you agreeing with the world? What kind of friends do you have? Are they urging you on to modesty and purity and femininity? Or are they giving way to the world and pushing you in the wrong direction? So just a heads up, just to pay attention, just to think about things from a Christian worldview. What is this saying about women? What is this saying about God? What is this saying about the world? Is it true? Is it biblical? Is it acceptable to God? Will he accept it? Will he receive it? Are we offering it to him? Is he pleased with it? These are great questions. And I've just hit on a couple of two or three things. There are many more, but open your eyes and ask God to show you. And I pray that this has been an encouragement to you. I'm hoping I don't get in trouble. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me today. Have a good week. Before I go, I want to let you know about my page on Canon Plus. That's where you can find all my audiobooks, audio series, conference talks, and more. Go to mycanonplus.com or click the link in the show notes and have a look around. 